Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I'm so excited that you're with us today. And I am so happy to introduce you to my husband. He has a brand new series out and it's wonderful. And I want him to tell you all about it in this podcast. But first, let me introduce him. This is Pastor Mike Curtis. Welcome, Mike. Great. Meredith, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the, the show here. And uh, just a little bit about myself. I grew up in a, a family with six children. I was number five in that line. And we always were exploring and discovering. And every day was an adventure. I loved my childhood. And I eventually, at age 14, gave my heart to Christ. I was actually born and raised in a Christian family, but really my life wasn't changed until I was 14. And when that happened, God began to do something in my heart. And by age 16, just really gave me a clear vision for reaching my high school for Christ. He eventually called me to uh, be a pastor. I got schooling in that area and began to pastor Powerline Community Church many years ago here in Orlando, Florida. And it has been an absolute adventure. I tent make, in other words, I have a business on the side and I pastor as well. I uh, have five kids of my own, um, and back in 1984, I married the woman of my dreams that I met in college. Got actually ran out of money when I was going to one particular private college, had to go to the University of Delaware, and that's where I met Meredith. And uh, in, in the midst of my wondering, God, what are you doing with my life he made it really clear, and within a month of me going to the school there, I met her. Two years later, we got married. Again, we have five kids, four girls, and then a, a boy. And so life for us has been an absolute adventure. And uh, along the way, um, God led me to write this series. So I'm excited to see how it's going to impact people. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you want to find more about Mike and his ministry, you can visit his website at powerlinecc.com. Powerlinecc.com. And this is episode 174, and there's lots of links in the show notes. So also, he has got a section of the powerlineprod.com website. And the link to that is in the show notes. Again, this is episode 174. So, Mike, this story, it, it didn't mm. just start a few years ago. You just published right. the first one in July. But can you, or was it August? It was August. August. Yes. And so can you share the whole process of how this series was birthed, these stories were birthed. I, I know people would love to hear the story behind mm-hmm. the story. Okay. All right. First of all, let me just say I have loved adventure all of my life. And and I can remember just going on uh, little trips. We would plan trips as kids and hop on our bicycles and just spend hours going on these little bicycle road trips. 
I, I can remember my grandmother had a cottage down in Prime Book Beach, which is in the Delaware Bay. And we would just constantly be exploring and trying to discover. And I, I, that, that's just me. That's who I am. I love to discover. I love to discover truths in God's word, but I love to discover what God has created. So I, I remember one particular situation in which my brothers and I were digging and we just thought we're going to dig for pirate's treasure. And we just chose a place. It seemed to be a large area in the seagrass between the cottage and the and the bay, and we just thought, why is there such a barren area? I wonder if pirates bury treasure. So we started digging that up, and suddenly our shovels hit metal. We were so excited. My brother and I, we just started digging, 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 and we dug this four-foot-by-four-foot area, uncovering this massive metal object in the ground, and... We ran and got our mother, and we, we actually found the edges of this, and it was just huge, and we brought her down. And she just started laughing and laughing, and we said, Mom, what is so funny? We just found this amazing pirate's treasure. And she said, <laughs> no, Mike, that's actually the septic tank. So that's, that's just that's just who I was as a kid growing up, loved adventure. And uh, to feed that, my dad had a cross-country team, high school cross-country team, at and, and they would run their race, they would practice and run their races at Rockford Park. Rockford Park is just an unusual park in that it's situated on the Brandywine River, and it's at the top of a hill. The, the bank is probably a 100 yards down to the river, and it's strewn with boulders. I don't mean just like four-foot-by-four-foot rocks. I'm talking mammoth boulders. And just the way these boulders have kind of rolled down and nestled their way into the side of that bank, it creates a bunch of caves. So there were times in which we would bring our flashlight, but generally since we played hide-and-seek, flashlights were not permitted. But we would use flashlights on occasion, and we would just hide in these caves. We would play games. We would explore them. We just loved Rockford Park. And several years later, now I'm married, I've got three children at the time, and I start telling them a story about these caves at Rockford Park. And it kind of just morphed into this big, long story. I mean, it probably took me five or six times of sitting down for half an hour to an hour telling my two kids this, uh, my two oldest, this story. And one of them said, Dad, you really should turn this into a book one year. And I'm just thinking, yeah, right. When am I ever going to have time to do that? So long story short, we eventually, years and years later, probably maybe 20 years later, Mm -hmm. they get to visit Rockford Park and see the scene of this cool story that Dad told them some 10, 20 years ago. And I'm, I'm... showing them all of the uh, the caves that I used to explore. And they're still the same, of course. Loved it. And they kind of have something to attach it to. And the, the story to, they actually can see. We actually have a lot of pictures of that time that's on the website. So that that's pretty cool. Really is, for me, very nostalgic. And should I tell them about just kind of fast forwarding to COVID and, and such? Yes, okay, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. um, so here I am w- with this story in the background in my life and in my kids' lives and this huge, huge story that dad told them when they were 
kids. Fast forward about 20, 20 to 25 years later. I can't remember how long when they were little kids and I told them the story. And the, the country, of course, goes into uh, COVID and the lockdowns and such. And here I am, I'm preaching. I, I usually preach for 45 minutes. And that's going to be really hard to preach for 45 minutes with people at home, kids kind of pulling at mom and dad's shirts and, and saying, come on, when can we play? And when is this over? And just very difficult for the little kids to be engaged. And so I decided I'm going to create a story. So I'll preach for 30 minutes. But in the beginning of that, I'm going to tell them a story. So it took 15 minutes of each sermon time. And I told them this story, except it had morphed just a little bit, bringing in a little bit more mystery. And that was the beginning of the first of the Nolan Kids Adventure Series. And the kids loved the story. I I actually was very shocked because afterwards they would always run up to me, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, you know, what's going to happen next? Because it will always end in a cliffhanger. And I, of course, had to weave in uh, some Christian themes, brought in at least one Bible a principle, character building principle with each story. And they, they challenge, they, they asked me, so are you ever going to turn this into a book? Now this is the second time I've heard this. So my wife convinced me. She said, Mike, you've got to do it. You just have to turn it into a book. So within the year, I began writing this series. And at this point, it's four, four stories, four books long, the Nolan Kids Adventure series. And the first one, is the key house. So that, yes, that was such an interesting time. I remember we were doing church and to a camera. It was so, it was so fun, (laughs) difficult. And then even when, when people came back to the live service, which we, we only shut down a month or so, but when people came back, they were still not wanting to go to Sunday school. And so, so he got to go through all four of these stories Mm -hmm. and they were so amazing. And I thought, well, I know he takes meticulous notes to preach from, though he doesn't always follow his notes, but wow. um, <laughs> but it's awesome. So I thought, I'm going to surprise him, and I'm going to type <laughs> these up. But then when I saw how massive amount was, I was like, Lord, please put it on his heart to write this story. And the Lord did. And I am so excited about all four stories. I've read all four. They're all really good. And truthfully, the adults were as spellbound as the kids. It, I mean, everyone was excited by these stories. There's even a man who just got saved in the 70s who was reading the first book, The Key House, and yeah. he loved it. So it's really a book for all ages, but it's particularly crafted for um, children, for preteens. So anyway, the first book is called The Key House. And again, this is episode 174. So if you're looking for a link on Amazon, you can buy The Key House on Amazon in print or for the Kindle. You can also download a copy. You can purchase a copy at Mm powerlineprod.com. So I would love for you, Mike, to share about The Key House and... You know, who, who it's written for and what, right. a li- give us a little clue about okay. the storyline. Yeah. So when I first told the story, I had to regularly get with my main sound guy. So much of all four stories take place in caves or tunnels or some mysterious place. The lights are out. 
And so he would shut the lights out while I'm sitting in a, a stool in the front of the church. He would create sound effects and a variety of things to add to the adventure. And so I had to think when I'm now writing the story out, I have to write it so the kids can actually visualize this because I can't turn their bedroom lights out <laughs> and there's no sound effects. So how can I write it in a way? So that was a challenge for me. And, and I took the, each story and even added more to the plot, more twists, more mystery, more adventure. And I'm really happy with how each of the books turned out. And for the key house, uh, I'm not going to tell you why it's called the key house, but I will say this. There is a lot of mystery that's just that the story is draped in. The Nolans have just moved into a house. It is a house that's about 150 plus years old. The story takes place in the 1990s, mid-1990s. Hold on. And Isn't the house that a house that's been in their family? Is yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So their great-great-grandfather was a wealthy businessman living in Central Florida, Built had the house built on a huge estate in which there's a quarry where he operates his business about a mile from them. And he he's just very successful. And he has taken a, a lot of his success, his, his uh, financial net from this, and gross, and, he, and he's put it into orphanages. And so he's a very philanthropic type of person, very giving. But they discover certain, uh, how can I say, certain clues that would lead them to believe certain rumors about him and about his business and about his backstory when he was a teenager that just doesn't seem to fit him as an adult and a very giving, loving person. And so they have to deal with some of these town rumors. And, and these town rumors are 150 years old. They discover certain clues in the house that are 150 years old, wondering where does all of this lead to? And in chapter one, and I, this is, uh, this is not a spoiler because you read about it in chapter one, but they disc, the two boys, Caleb, who's 12, David, who, his younger brother, who's age 10, discover a tunnel, um, that leads to this room called the map room. And they, they, they realize that this estate, this house is, has a lot of mystery in it. And they're just so excited from chapter one on, you just begin to learn some of the clues and the mysteries. And there's antagonists. Who are these people that are declaring this treasure, whatever or wherever this treasure is, really belongs to them? So there's a lot of questions and a lot of twists that need to be untied throughout the story. And uh, by the midway point of the book, you're on the edge of your seat, I believe, just wondering what's going to happen next as they are trying to uncover more of the clues. And is there a treasure and can they redeem their great great grandfather's good reputation that these rumors in the town just seem to say he was not who he say he was? So, um I'm not going to tell any more of the story other than that, except this is a book that is geared towards middle graders, but I have a seven-year-old grandson who has read the book and loved it. I have people, a lot of my beta readers were teenagers. They loved it. 
Um, and of course, as Meredith, you said that there's a number of the adults. So it is a story, I think, that's a family story that you can read together. It's for everyone, but it's specifically written for middle graders. And just as a homeschool mom and a homeschool grandmom, we actually have seven grandchildren. Um, we recommend this book so much for a read aloud. It's a great book that the whole family can read together as part of your homeschool day or at night before you go to bed. So it's the key house is awesome. And again, you can purchase it at Amazon or on Powerline Prod. And the links are in our show notes, episode 174. So the next book, and this book is coming out this coming week, which is why I wanted to do the show this week instead of a Thanksgiving show. The next book is called The City of Light. And this is another absolutely amazing book, especially for the setting. I immediately, in my mind, will probably create a geography unit study to go with the book because there is just so much good stuff in this. So tell us now about The Lost City of Light. Okay. Well, the, each book, by the way, is a standalone book. You don't have to read the prior books, but the first book is kind of a sequel uh, excuse me, a prequel, only because the other three stories, The Lost City of Light and the other two, take place eight years later. So the Nolan kids are older, Caleb, David, and now Lizzie. Uh, Caleb is, a, excuse me, Caleb is 20, David is 18, and Lizzie is 16. And they they, they basically have received an inheritance. I'm not going to tell you anything more than that, but they received this inheritance that, and they are required to put all of the money into a foundation that they choose to fund hospitals, children's hospitals. They have children's hospitals next to all 10 of the orphanages that their great-grandfather uh, funded and founded. And so one of these orphanages and hospitals is in Goma, Congo. So the whole story takes place in the Congo. Um, I had to do a lot of research in, about the Congo, and I, I even, through a friend who knows a friend who knows Lingala, which is one of the languages that they speak in the Congo, uh, translate some English into Congo, well, Lingala. And so when you read through the book, you're going to find numerous phrases in certain conversations. Uh, but of course, as a narrator, I, I explain what they're saying, but um, you, you encounter many animals that are particular to the Congo and the ADF, which is a, uh, um, a, a terrorist organization that has come into the Congo now for a couple of decades. So there's just a lot of uh, backdrop in the Congo. I remember sitting down with one of these friends of a friend who was from the Congo, and I told them the story, and, and they just loved it. They can't wait to read it because that's their homeland. And so a lot of research went into this. And basically, when the Nolan kids go to Goma to, vi to visit one of the children's hospitals, they're there on a missions trip and ministering to them. Uh, they encounter a 12-year-old Congolese boy. His parents were supposed to pick him up and release him from the hospital. He's all better, of course. And they haven't shown up. And he's very worried about them. 
They hadn't seen him for a couple of days. They were used to seeing him every day. So there's this mystery. What has happened? They take that he's able to get released through his uncle. They visit. They go back to his home and they discover clues that something is wrong, that this isn't just them breaking down on the highway. They have actually gone missing. They need to find out why. They discover a trail of clues, and from clue one to the very end of the story, as they're searching for Lens Kabambi's parents, they realize certain things, and all of these things that they have discovered come into play, and it spells danger with it with an exclamation mark and so from the very beginning of the book they are they they are running from danger trying to discover where his parents are they're going through the mountains of the congo they're avoiding volcanoes they're avoiding uh, or trying to avoid the adf uh, the the terrorist organization militia they are uh, trying to that there's animals that are some of them are very dangerous some of them are are, are rather tame, but it just spells danger at every turn. And it's, it's just a, a, at the very end, it's just a run for your life ending that is just an edge of your seat type of story. Um, but let me just say this, as it is with every one of the stories, the gospel is yes. clearly explained. Yes. And, and the gospel as it's presented isn't just in one place. It's it's a paragraph or two paragraphs here, a page or two, or maybe even three pages there. But the story moves very quickly. The conversations about the gospel are short, but they're to the point. Uh, my goal is that as this book would gain some traction in the Christian community, that it would also then uh, be given to unbelievers friends of kids who have read read the book and now these unbelievers read the book and my prayer is that many of them would accept Christ that that I believe is the power of the book not just adventure but the gospel and character growth in in certain principles so I'm excited as this book is being released Friday November the 25th and it's book number two. The others have been written and are in the process of being edited, but uh, this one is now ready for release. And we'll, we're, we're praying and hoping that it, it's going to do well. Great. And again, you can get The Lost City of Light and The Key House at Amazon for your Kindle or in print. And also, you can purchase them at Powerline Prod. Now, I don't have a link for you yet in the show notes as we record this because the book is going to be released on Black Friday 2022. But if you're listening to this after Black Friday, we'll go in and we'll add a link so that you can go to the show notes. This is episode 174, a brand new adventure series for kids with special guest, Mike Curtis. And uh, there are two more books coming, The Legend of the Craftsman King and Secret of Paradise Cove. And that is a whole nother show. So we really want to thank you for joining us. And it, yes. your kids will love this series. And you will love it. As a homeschool mom and a homeschool grandmom, I totally recommend this series because they're not only going to be on an edge of their seas adventure, they are going to hear the truth of the gospel. Yes. They are going to learn right. about Jesus. They're going to learn about the Bible. And isn't that what we want for our kids? You know, it's just so exciting. So, Mike, thank you so much for Absolutely. sharing. Yes. And and let me just say that uh, if you could, when you read the book, 
leave a review yes. for on yes. Amazon. Super, super important. More reviews there are, it kind of gains more traction in the community. And so I would just encourage you uh, to leave a review, but also to go to Powerline Prod, uh, the Nolan Kids Adventure Series, to find the, the just all four books right now. There's just two, of course. And there's a freebie that you can get and join the the newsletter that I send out every month. So, um, again, all of this is just trying to get the word out to give these, put these books into kids' hands that I personally believe can not only enthrall them, but impact them for eternity. Yes, and if you are a principal of a Christian school or a homeschool co-op, and you're interested yeah. in buying these books in bulk, 20 or more copies, contact us at um, powerlineprod.com. Just use the contact and say, hey, I, I want to get at least 20 books, and can I get a discount? And we will see what we can do. So yeah. you have an amazing Thanksgiving. And don't forget, on Black Friday 2022, Powerline Productions is having a huge, huge sale. 50% off everything with coupon code BFCM50. So don't forget to get your copy of The Lost City of Light, and don't forget to do some shopping at Powerline Productions, powerlineprod.com. God bless you, and mm-hmm. have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Yes, amen. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.